The first investment of $567 million will help Amazon workers in Arlington, Virginia and the Puget Sound area of Washington State get below-market loans for affordable homes. If you eat a lot of vegetables, beans and lentils, nuts and fruit, and include some lower-fat protein here and there, you are eating the best overall diet. U.S. News & World Report has named the Mediterranean regimen the overall best for staying healthy for the fourth year in a row. S&P futures are down nine, Dow futures up 50. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. Mary's Bistro delivery business is bustling and ready to burst. Orders 34, 35, and 36 are up. Who's handling these? Hello, Mary's Bistro, now delivering. It's time to hire. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. The moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined, according to Breezy HR 2019. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. At CBS News, our mission is to provide you with the facts you need to stay safe and informed. CBS This Morning and the CBS Evening News continue to deliver the latest news and developments on the COVID-19 outbreak. You can watch our free streaming service, CBSN, 24-7 at our website or on your phone using the CBS News app. Right now, we know you have a lot of questions and are looking for answers. And we want you to know CBS News is here to help you make sense of it all. Workplace lawsuits are a new side effect of the pandemic. From disputes over on-the-job safety and family and medical leave to how employees are paid while working from home, the coronavirus sparked numerous legal issues in 2020. USA Today interviewed a number of law firms who say more than 1,000 workplace-related lawsuits were filed in state and federal courts. Well over half dealt with layoffs with employees citing age or racial discrimination. There was also a record 231 wage and hour-related class action lawsuits certified last year one-third being attributed to COVID-19 cases. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. Words of wisdom from the first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy in 29 seasons, Alabama's Devontae Smith. I'm not the biggest. I've been battled a lot just because of my size. And really, it just comes down to you put your mind to it, you can do it. He's beaten the quarterback Monopoly, winning the prize over Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and Kyle Trask. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Have you ever thought about saying goodbye to your job, just walking into your boss and saying, I quit? And how would you like to commute to work without ever leaving your home? Well, not long ago, a 39-year-old entrepreneur from a billionaire family spent $20 million in three years to find the best home-based business in North America. He researched 70 different companies, and when he found the only one that had real long-term potential, he bought it. And right now, he's looking for people to help him turn this company into his next billion-dollar success story. So if you're serious about making money from home without having to leave your home, well, grab a pen. Because I'm about to give you the address of a website where you can learn all about this unique and rare opportunity. Write this down, www.goherenext.com. Now get on your computer and go to this site now. Part-time or full-time, your income is based totally on your performance. Interested? GoHereNext.com and say goodbye to your boss tomorrow. GoHereNext.com We need 
Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Dog House at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. At Century National Bank, we believe strong communities are built with local volunteers, donations, and leadership. Last year, we supported 301 local organizations and donated more than $393,000 to our local communities. Our bankers care about helping our entire community thrive and prosper. Century National Bank is committed to investing money locally and doing everything in our power to support the people and groups in our neighborhoods. Century National Bank, Division of the Park National Bank, member FDIC, CenturyNationalBank.com. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM WATH. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH Athens. bring you up to date on that in a moment. It's a Wednesday, folks. Isn't it? Yeah, Wednesday. Funny how the dates and days all get goofy, particularly with COVID and all that sort of thing. It's nine after nine in Athens, Ohio in the morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Scott's here too. I'll turn on number two. Yes, number two. Is it? Oh, you're just not on mic. I see. Um, okay, back you're across here. here I am. There Good morning. Go. Good morning. And of course we have Art Turf standing by. He's twiddling, by the... twiddling his thumbs. Uh, yeah. The Getting a coaching game plan together yes. again right. today, right. <laughs> so he can be beaten sixty-nine and zip. And by the way, when I was out and about mm-hmm. yesterday, I had someone approach me, even when I had my mask on, and they said, "By the way, we like Art Turf Show." I said, "I will make sure to pass that along." There was a, a couple I saw that I do, that I didn't recognize them because they had masks on. So yeah, once, right. once he told me his name, I was like, oh, hey, how you doing, you know? Right. And I knew them, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the mask thing does uh, add an extra yeah. mystery to little, things. Well, guessing game. But um, I've only had a couple that have really fooled me. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
But anyway, they, they asked if I would pass that along. Good. We, we yeah. like art turf. I go, well, there's only so many more of them we can play. And they yeah. said, doesn't matter. Rerun them. Well, <laughs> uh, it'll probably be next to football season, and we'll probably try to do it more consistently, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because uh, uh, each, you know, this yesterday's story relates to today's story, which relates to tomorrow's story. Yeah. And we've not been able to do that um, consistently. So, um, yeah, they're kind of a hoot, but uh, part of the story is missing. Anyway, good morning. Um, let's see here. And it's still kind of football season anyway with the college championship coming up. Everything's Monday. up. I swear it is. And pro football playoffs begin this weekend. The... Um, I'm completely lost here. Uh, today is January 6th. It's a Wednesday. There we go. I got that part out. Yeah, we'll help find your way back. That's a good start. Um, 359 days now remain in this calendar year. So we're not quite halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that went. Just when I thought you were on the way back there. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. You're doing... You're right. Highlight there. in history, they go <laughs> to uh, the year 19, I'm sorry, the year 2001, when on January 6th, with Vice President Al Gore presiding in his capacity as President of the Senate, Congress formally certified George W. Bush the winner of the bitterly contested 2000 presidential election. With that said, it seems only appropriate that we talk about Georgia. Yesterday, there was a runoff election of two offices, um, both, uh, both Senates, right? Yes, both of them, Senate seats. So, you know, a state is basically only allowed two senators. And then the, um, um, the House members, that's based upon population in districts and things like that. I, you know, I had to laugh. Um, Hawaii had two senators and one congressman. <laughs> in uh what late 60s early 70s well let's see what year was when you were there? i was there early 70s yes okay i think wyoming was in a similar situation um now that may have changed now because maybe more people have moved you know lived there but anyway um, but back to this business. So down in Georgia, we had two races that were just, what, too close to call or uh, something like that. Yeah, neither candidate that was opposing each other uh, received 50% of the votes in either race, in okay. both races. So that's why they had to have the runoff. Georgia law requires 
a winner to have at least 50%? Well, um, as of this very moment, there are 98% of the votes have been counted. Now, um, these are both for, uh, all four of these people are running for Senate, right? Yes. Okay. So John Ossoff, who I think has held that seat, um, who's this, there's one guy that's real senior. That is Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. Okay. Who Ossoff is running against. Okay. So at this point, Ossoff has 50 point, that's 50.2% of the vote. And um, David Perdue uh, has 49.8% of the vote. And they are saying that is yet too close to be absolute. Too close to call. Uh, You're talking about four-tenths of a percentage between them. Um, Now, Purdue has held the office for some time. Yes, he is the incumbent. And he's a Republican. Ossoff, John Ossoff, is the challenger. And at this point, he has four-tenths of a percent more votes. And he's from the Democratic Party, which would also then tie into our new president, who is, of course, a Democrat. Now, the other race down there features Raphael Warnock and Kelly Loeffler, Loeffler, something to that effect. Leffler, yep. Okay, Leffler. Now, that's a tight one, too, but they're saying Warnock is going to win it. Um, he has 50.6% of the votes, where Kelly has 49.4. And they believe that that is just not to likely to change enough right. to make a difference. Right. <clears throat> now, once again, Mr. Warnock is a Democrat. So, um, you know, all this hubbub that was made about, um, well, if, if the Republicans have control of Congress, or particularly the Senate, um, it makes it very difficult for a Democratic president, or vice versa. It appears that uh, that particular malady is not going to exist. 
But we'll wait till the end of the day. Yeah, with that uh, slim lead, uh, what they call slim of Osoff versus Purdue, uh, the percentage points that he leads by now apparently is within the range that probably will trigger a recount mm. in that election. So we still may not know for a while if uh, they were able to win both seats. But like Scott Georgia. mentioned, in the in the regular election back in November, you know, a candidate did not receive 50% of the votes, which is why this re-election had to occur, Georgia law. Um, but right now, John Ossoff has 50.2, and Raphael Warnock has 50.6. So I don't think another one's going to be needed down the road, if you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well... That's and it. with that, if uh, they do win, the Senate will be controlled by the Democratic Party. The House will be controlled by the Democratic Party. And, of course, the presidency, if this goes through of the certification, uh, will be Democratic. So well, I've had people ask me, you know, there's no checks and balance there with one party in control of everything. I said, well, you have a point there. Well, you have a lot of outspoken people. Yeah. Who, um, I mean, just because 51% are this or that, you can bet the other 49% are going to have their voices heard. Uh, particularly if it's a topic that is um, very concerning to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> I'm not... I'm not too concerned about that. Um, so anyway, that's the latest on the Georgia thing. Today is January 6th, as we mentioned. It is National Technology Day. It's National Cuddle Up Day. Uh, boy, I wish I could do that. Well, a few more days. No. It's got extended again. Oh. Yeah. Um, my wife's having some health problems. Oh, no. And uh, so the City of Hope, in cooperation with um, um, James, um, she's it's going to take her a couple more days than... Uh, she was supposed to get a home Friday, mm -hmm. Friday night. But now that's been pushed back. But anyway, National Cuddle-Up Day. It's National Bean Day. I like beans. Very healthy for you. Full of protein, fiber. I, I know. And in the, the, the um, chip program that I took years ago, beans were... Uh, in, uh, it, Neg legumes, right? Yes. Legumes. legumes. I, I had to think of the term. Um, there was so much um, talk about how great they are for you. And um, 
I, I like fresh buns. I don't. I'm not fond of the dried ones. Okay. <laughs> um. I'm not crazy about them in my burritos. Yeah, that's either. what I mean. They're like, yeah, like refried beans or something like. I'm not crazy. That's not not my thing. I guess. Okay. Well, good. We're in cooperation there. <laughs> but the point is, uh, legumes are excellent for your health. Yes. It's just I need to somehow or other get over the hump of liking them. Just It just doesn't trip my trigger. You like baked beans or green oh. beans? Now, the baked beans, if they're... Soup beans? Sauced up, you know. Yeah. Saucy, barbecue-y. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You can add that. Into your add those ingredients if you make your own, obviously. Mm-hmm. How about uh, green beans? Oh yes, of course. Soup beans. I said fresh beans. Yeah. Now soup beans. How would you describe those? Well, you you know boil them, flavor them with a ham hock or bacon grease, onions, some butter. Boil them in water like that. You got to boil them and then add a little more water to them once the water absorbs into the soup beans if you like it a little more liquidy or if you like it a little more thick you know you can thicken it up too I, i'm willing to come over to your place to <laughs> test some okay but offhand it doesn't uh, it's not lighting me up have you ever had it at a restaurant let's let's do that like a well, Bob no, Evans or no, someplace like No, if, I, if I'm at a restaurant, I'm going to order something I know I like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not okay. Take any question marks. Well, next time, try <laughs> give them, ask them for a cup of beans. You don't have to get a whole great big kettle full of beans. Just get a little cup. Well, of well beans how are soup. they going to know what kind of beans I'm asking for? Just say bean soup. Bean soup. Yeah. Okay. That'll work. Do your little taste test, and then you can dig into whatever you like. Well, the last thing to mention today is that it's National Shortbread Day. Now, that's pretty good, isn't that it? That is. Very good. Okay. I like that, too. Us being foodies. Yes, we are. Let's see here. Joan of Arc, they think, was born on this uh, day in 1412. In 1540, England's King Henry VIII. Henry VIII, I am, I am. <laughs> Who sang that? Uh, Peter Noon and Herman's Hermits. That's it. Well, on this date in 1540, the king of whom the song is about married his fourth wife, Anne of Cleves. Cleves? Cleves. By the way, the marriage lasted a whopping six months. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 1912 on this date, New Mexico became the 47th state. 1919 on this date, the 26th president of the United States, which of course was Theodore Roosevelt, died in Oyster Bay, uh, New York. He was 60. We 
We could go on with any of these things. Oh, here in 1993, jazz trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie, who was 75, died in Englewood, New Jersey. On the same day, ballet dancer Rudolf Nureyev died in suburban Paris. He was 54. Two really famous dudes the same day. Well, anyway. Uh, let's move on from this stuff. Um... Did you do birthdays yet? I have to. No. I have to say this. I, I actually just put it away. Did you? Okay. Let, let me pull it back up. I've got it right here. All right. Well, you you go through them, and then I'll I'll throw in the addition. The addition. Yeah. Okay. What addition? FBI A-A-D-D. former uh, former FBI director Louis Free is uh, seventy one today. Um, Rowan Atkinson um, from uh, well acting mostly comic roles 66 okay I'll just add it now that was what I was going to reference here do you you remember what one of the national days was today we talked about it extensively there well to an extent about legumes oh beans yeah do you remember the movies that Rowan Atkinson was in. Now, is this ironic? Mr. Bean. Oh! <laughs> well, wait, wait a minute. Are you saying... Is is that ironic? Well, this is a birthday. What? Okay, yeah. I thought... I thought he must still be alive, and he is. He is. Okay, Mr. Bean. I get it now. Yeah. He was Bean, and yeah. then, then Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah, and... I don't know why, because it's silly stuff, but (laughs) I like it. (laughs) It is. So goofy. But I just saw that in the birthday listings and saw that it was National Bean Day, and I thought, I wonder if that's him. And then as I read further, no, it was about legumes. Mm -hmm. But I just thought that was kind of ironic that his birthday is today on National Bean Day. Entirely (laughs) appropriate. Um, however, I'm, I'm skimming through this and there's customary, really no other names pop out on, on birthdays today. So I can put this away. Um, let's, uh, let's do the coronavirus update. All right. Now... Yesterday, I found a place that was providing me with uh, how many vaccinations have been accomplished in our county and in our state, and for that matter, in the nation. But I tried, I'm not yesterday, but the day before I found it, and reported on it yesterday could i find an update to that yesterday to give you today no no of course not so i thought that was such an important figure to know 
now that X number of people have now been vaccinated in our county. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll keep trying, and maybe I'll get it figured out. But here we go. In Athens County, we now have 3,229 cases that have surfaced. That's an increase of 39 from yesterday. Now, we now have 2,760 of those that are fully recovered. Which is an increase of 37. Imagine that. Very close to the 39. So... We had almost the same number new as we had that are now over it. I think that's probably a good thing to say. Yes. Now, 460 are active today. 132 are requiring hospitalization. Now, again, this figure is from yesterday. We don't have one for today. But as of yesterday, there have been 729 Athens Countyans who have received the vaccine. The figure of nine deaths in our county has uh, stood... um, You know, we had two in the beginning, and then we went about two weeks and then we added two more then we went maybe seven or eight weeks and then we added two more anyway we're up to nine now and that nine has been the case for almost a week let's try to keep that number as low as we can obviously Now, the state of Ohio. Uh, Yesterday, they had had 727,000 cases. I'm sorry. uh, As of Monday, they had that. As of Tuesday, remember, I get all my data at 2 p.m. the day before I read it. So as of 2 p.m. yesterday, they had added 7,580 cases, bringing the total up to 735,003. Now, active cases went down. Active means uh, the ones that still have it. Because... People are recovering, many. So, uh, where we had on Monday 142,000 active cases, on Tuesday it was 138,000. Six thousand of the active cases are in the ICU units about our state. 
33,600 are in other hospital settings. We have 89,885 who are recovering at home. So of the 735,000 that have caught it in our state since this all began, 596,221 have recovered. Now, one figure I didn't mention is the deaths. We have had 9,247 deaths. Uh, there are fewer now than in the early days. And I told you I have vaccination information as of yesterday, but not an update, so... Uh, let's round this off. 163,000 people have received the vaccinations. Um, the United States, let's do this one reasonably quickly. Um, okay. Yesterday, we had 306,000 new cases, bringing the total to 21,400, I'm sorry, strike that, dead wrong, 21,496,891 cases since the whole thing began. Now, a number of them have recovered. The recovery number is 12,797,943. Now, currently active, 8,334,390, and deaths, 364,558. And vaccinations for the nation, again, this is a day old. No, this one I have. So thus far, nationwide, we've had 364,558 vaccinations as of 2 o'clock yesterday. I think that's enough data. I, you can get overwhelmed with that stuff, yeah. I know. Governor... Uh DeWine said yesterday, too, that vaccines will be offered to more than 2 million Ohioans, uh, even people uh, including those age 65 and over, and to school employees in the next phase. And that uh, beginning in about two weeks, about 1.8 million potentially vulnerable older Ohioans and up to 300,000 school teachers and employees. So they're trying to commit to resume in-person classes by March 1st. Well, we shall see. I just saw yesterday that Columbus City schools have suspended all winter sports mm -hmm. 
until I believe the 23rd of January because of uh, rising cases in central Ohio. You know, just, and, you know, with like, that's with everything. I mean, no matter whether it's something that's you picking an extracurricular activity could be changed, could be postponed, could be canceled within, you know, 24 hours notice, within an hour's notice. Let's see here. Uh, it's it's tough, folks. It's just yeah. tough. Um. All right, let's uh, let's do our history stuff. Okay. Um. In 1649, the English Rump Parliament votes to put Charles I on trial for treason and other high crimes. In 1912, geophysicist and meteorologist Alfred Wegener presents his controversial theory of continental drift in a lecture at the Geological Association, that in Frankfurt. 1941, U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt makes his four freedom speech. That would be the freedom of speech and worship, the freedom from want and fear. He did so during his State of the Union address. Okay. Now we have some notables here, including Rowan Atkinson. (laughs) Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, who's celebrating his 66th birthday today. Now, Richard II. This would be a king. He... um, His lifetime appears to be rather short, like um, from 1367 to 1400. Richard II, also known as Richard of Bordeaux, was king of England from uh, 1377 until he was deposed in 1399. His father, Edward Prince of Wales died in 1376, leaving Richard as the heir apparent to his grandfather, King Edward III. Upon the death of Edward III, ten-year-old Richard succeeded to the throne. Ten years old. Now, Richard II then was king for a while? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well. From... 1377 until 1399. 22 years. Okay, Heinrich Schleiman. Schleiman. S C H L I E M A N N. He was a German businessman and a pioneer in the field of archaeology. Archaeology. Yep. Okay. 
Okay, now he lived from 1822 to 1890. But archaeologist. Yes. Here's an old picture of somebody, John Smith. <laughs> Wonder how many of those there are. Lived 1580 to 1631. I know one locally, Dr. J.W. Smith. John Smith was an English soldier, explorer, colonial governor, admiral of New England, and author. He was an uh, important player in the establishment of the colony of Jamestown, Virginia, the huh? first permanent English settlement in America. Well, we have two famous deaths. Uh, both of them uh, are familiar to us. Louis Braille. Uh, Louis Braille, he, of course, came up with Braille, um, a method of reading for those that were visually impaired. The other one served as a president, Theodore Roosevelt. So uh, Braille died in 1852. Roosevelt died in 1919. All right, so we've done that. Um, let's let's uh, let's do art, right? Sure. And uh, let me get all my things here just right. <clears throat> uh, I do have some other things we can talk about, but we'll get to it. So let's see here. Will that go straight into that? If you go up there and hit start next, yep, right there. Coach Turf, here we are at midweek and getting ready for another ball game. By the way, I want to apologize for being a little bit late today. I had some car trouble on the way over here. Well, that's what you get for driving around one of them jalopies. By the way, what it is you, that you're driving around these days. In case you forgot, Coach, I won the right to drive the 37 Packard all week. Oh, oh, I, I done forgot. Where you been so far? And I wonder if you have a, a patch kit and a bicycle pump around anywhere in that uh, vehicle. Well, I send our new driver right over to it. You know, we done uh, eliminated uh, Wrong Way Reitman. He went the wrong way too many times, and we got us a new driver this year. And, of course, now if you want to try out, you can come on along with us. But we got a boy that uh, is going to be doing the driving from now on, a fellow named uh, Crawford, Skid Crawford. And he's going to be taking over for Wrong Way Reitman. So don't get too used to driving around that 19 and 37 Packard because we need it back by 6 o'clock Friday so as we can go on our next road trip. Well, tell him it's on the curb over in front of the uh, Tamashat building, I believe. Well, don't leave it there. We don't want anybody to run off with it. Coach Turf, on our midweek program, lest we forget. And these are my favorite programs. I really like doing these programs because it lets the fans in on the steep tradition of NAP Tech football and, and uh, all the lore from football that we've done give to the ball game. Well, what have you got for us this week? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question, because we want to talk about expression that all them football announcers use, and you probably use it too, what you call on the numbers. Means a perfect pass, Coach. Well, that's right. That goes back to the late 1940s, and a uh, fella what played 
football for the Oysters, quarterback by the name of uh, Pockets Peterson. And uh, Pockets was a real fine quarterback. He, he uh, reason we call him Pockets, though, he didn't come up to your shirt pockets. He was a rather short little feller and had trouble seeing his receivers, especially when he went to throw that ball over the middle. And back then, we didn't have numbers on the fronts of the jerseys. We just had them on the backs of the jerseys. And, and that's why we painted numbers on the fronts of the jerseys so he could see his receivers and drill that ball right to the numbers. So that's where the expression on the numbers came from. Comes right from NF Tech, history of the football, and the fans probably didn't know that. And we'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And Donato's Pizzas and other things sponsors uh, this crazy program. Coach Turf talking about inept football in the 1940s and the expression on the numbers. Uh, anything else from that era? Well, that's right. You know, good old Pockets Peterson give a lot to the history of football. Played here at NAP Tech quarterback back in the late 1940s. And, you know, Pockets was a rather short little feller. And what we had to do in order for him to sit back there and throw the football and so give him enough time to pick out his receivers and hit him on the numbers is we had to tell our offensive linemen to kind of form a little protective shield around that feller. And we didn't want him getting hurt, you know, little and as, as he was. So what that turned out to be in the sports pages, fellers started to call out the pocket where he was throwing from. They named it after him and named it after the fellow that played quarterback in NAP Tech football. And another expression coming uh, to us from NAP Tech football. Well, that's right, and that's not all. You know, I remember back in 1949, we was playing Cinemer State and that famous trap door that they had back there, and he dropped back to pass once and fell through that trap door and all the way down to the ground. And I remember our, one of our assistant coaches saying to me, Coach, that was a real deep drop. Listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. <laughs> that was a real deep drop <laughs> in that trap door. <laughs> yeah, amazing. A deep drop out of the pocket. <laughs> Let's see here. I came across him. Um, let's see if I can get my computer to cooperate with me this morning. Got any hunches here? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sorry about that, folks. Okay. Um, you know, the um, uh, every so often I refer to a Wallet Hub report, right? And uh, there's now a couple other companies that I also use, but today is Wallet Hub. And they just... Um, they focus on something about our lifestyle or our lives and then uh, talk about um, they do statistical analysis and so on. So last night I was looking and um, they had just published a new report entitled 2021's Best and worst cities for active lifestyle.
And, you know, here it is. We've got the COVID thing going on. Hopefully they'll get a handle on that pretty soon. But uh, a lot of the things we used to do have had to be changed. And, um, well, anyway, um, it is easy to simply aspire to become the best and fittest versions of ourselves. But actually achieving that goal is much more difficult and requires a consistently active lifestyle. The road to an active lifestyle can be filled with obstacles. Sometimes, because where we live may be failing to promote a healthy way of life. Some cities, for instance, lack sidewalks or neighborhood parks. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, there may be other difficulties, such as the temporary closure of fitness centers or other public park areas where you have exercise equipment. Well, despite the pandemic, there are plenty of ways to stay active while still practicing social distancing, including taking virtual fitness classes. So as we begin a new year, it's the perfect time to start two. Two of Americans' top four New Year's resolutions are exercising more and losing weight. At the same time, as many as 80 to 90% of the people fail to keep their resolutions each year. 90? 80 to 91%. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Oh, yeah, me too. I've been there. I'm part of it. So, let's, let's look at, um, first of all, what cities, how would you say it? Are the are the best or worst for active lifestyles? Now that doesn't mean they can't fix themselves. It can't mean it doesn't mean that it can't be done there. It's just that uh, much of the energy has to be done on your own part, your own volition, if you will. Discipline, yes. Well, since I went with Arizona yesterday, I'll I'll do it again today. Well. I'm sorry, man. <clears throat> I'm looking at the top six right now, and it's not listed. Uh, but when we rename these, they, they will be a little more obvious. Now, we had a caller a moment ago, and I think I just failed to reach it quick enough. Uh, just keep an eye over there. Um, okay. There you go. There it comes right yep. now. So let me get that button and then this button and say good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, Dave, I just got to kind of let you know about some things again. You guys keep going off the air early in the morning, and it's really irritating. Um, between 5.15 and 6 o'clock this morning, you were off the air more than you were on, 
and this is becoming almost a daily occurrence again. Um, and I meant to call in immediately after the Buckeye game the other night, but what in the heck happened with that, that right in the middle of the most exciting part of the game, you guys decide you'd rather start playing music instead of playing the game? Well, I, if, if uh, I can interject here, I was uh, listening to it myself, and I was not too thrilled about that either, so I was in communication with our engineers, and there was apparently a signal that was sent it must have come from the Ohio State Radio Network that said, end of broadcast. And that's what I was told by our engineers. And so they scrambled quickly to get the game back on as soon as they could remotely. So uh, anyway, I, I, that's what I was told what happened, that we received a signal that was the end of the broadcast. Did other stations get That's uh, what they were wondering, if, if the whole thing went off the air network-wide. Well, I mean, we would not have been the only ones to complain. I wouldn't think so. So, I But, yes, I was listening to it, too, and I was like, oh, no, no, this can't happen right now. I think we need to verify that. Yes. Now, as well, far as the uh, thing right before your show, Scott. Yeah, Jeff is working on that, too. Of uh, There's some uh, commands in the system that he is working on, trying to update. So we... Are in communication each day trying to rectify that, get it resolved. Well, again, I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, be angry at you or anything, but it's like those are the mornings I have to take my wife to dialysis, and we love to listen to that show in the morning. And, you know, when we turn on the radio and it's not even working, it just gets very frustrating, and I thought, It'd be better off for you to know about it than to not know about it. And so maybe, again, you can get it fixed. But very frustrating, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. And we do appreciate uh, being made aware of it because yeah. sometimes... Um, yeah, Jeff's aware of it, I and I'm not yeah, sure what's... I don't know if he has the... Where the status of it is, but, you know, we're trying to get that resolved on a daily basis. All right. Well, it's kind of like uh, working out, isn't it? You have to be a certain discipline. Yes, you do. And um, um, frankly, you know, some of the technology changes so quickly. Like even in the world of satellites, that um, they'll decide to change something and then not... um, uh, you know, the broadcast engineer down here at a typical radio station doesn't know how to accommodate the change. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll, um, I'm, don't ever um, be worried about embarrassing us or I, I'd rather know than not know is what I'm trying to say. It's kind of like, you know. I had not heard that there was a problem this week. Oh, with a game? Yeah. Or, I had not yet heard anyway until this moment. Yeah. Well, I scrambled to get in touch with those who needed to be aware of it, and, you know, they remote went in remotely, and yeah. they got it covered 
uh, got it back on the air, but I thought the same thing too. <laughs> no, I want to hear this. I mean, I was watching the game, but I had the radio turned up to listen to Paul Keels. Right. Well, um, we have two minutes left, and we had started in on this thing about um, keeping your um, health, um, fitness, that sort of thing, goals, resolutions. Uh, so we'll do just a real little bit of it, and if anybody cares, we can do some more down the road. But the number one city, and I was not the least bit surprised, in our nation for um, being great for an active lifestyle is Honolulu. Number two is Portland, Oregon. Three, San Diego. Four, San Francisco, this one catches me a little bit by surprise. Number five is C- Chicago. Mm. Number six, Seattle. Seven, Austin, Texas. Eight, Denver. Nine, Los Angeles. And ten, Washington, D.C. Now let's go the other direction, right? Who are the worst? Now once again, they did the top 100 cities. So, dead last is North Las Vegas, Nevada. That doesn't surprise me. Hialeah, Florida. New Jersey, I'm sorry, Newark, New Jersey. Um, what time we have? We got 30 seconds. Uh, Laredo, Texas. San Bernardino, Irvine, Texas. Irving, Texas. Bakersfield, California. Okay. So it, it's, it's interesting how different places can have different reputations for fitness. Folks, have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll do so as well. And we'll look into um, those couple of engineering issues and try to get it figured out. In the meantime, we'll be back all over again tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N-S. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. One of two Democrats in Georgia's runoff races is declaring early victory. John Ossoff stepped up to the podium this morning. It is with humility that I thank the people of Georgia for electing me to serve you in the United States Senate. CBS News has not declared Ossoff the winner, with his contest against incumbent Republican David Perdue still very tight. Correspondent Mark Strassman is in Atlanta with details on the other runoff. CBS News projects Raphael Warnock has defeated Republican Kelly Loeffler. Warnock did exceptionally well among black voters and voters under 30, actually outperforming the margins uh, Joe Biden had back in November. If Ossoff wins his race, Democrats will regain control of the U.S. Senate. Tens of thousands of protesters have flooded the streets of Washington, D.C. today as Congress gets ready to tally electoral votes in the November election. President Trump plans to address his supporters later this morning. I really sense the urgency of everybody, you know, making a stand. We're not here to create violence. We're here 
to uh, display our constitutional rights. Correspondent Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill. At least 13 Senate Republicans and roughly 100 House Republicans plan to contest the results from three to six battleground states, citing unsubstantiated allegations of election fraud. COVID deaths have set a new daily record in the U.S. California's ICUs are running out of oxygen supplies. Dr. Roger Christensen at Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital in South Los Angeles says the